In episodes one through nine, you might hear the podcast name Heart of Nashville mentioned. This podcast was originally called Heart of Nashville, but due to a name conflict, I decided to change the podcast name to Nashville Untold and relaunch it. Just wanted to note that so it was not confusing when a guest or myself mentioned the name Heart of Nashville instead of Nashville Untold in the first few episodes. Here it comes. It's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Thanks for tuning in. I'm excited today because I am bringing to you episode one of Heart of Nashville. I know you enjoy listening to Greg Lucid as much as I did sitting in the Rambler talking for an hour and discussing life, discussing a few ups and downs and challenges in, uh, in his life and all the great things that he is doing, just making an impact uh, throughout his, uh, his world. So without further ado, here's Greg. Hello, Nashville. Today I am at Centennial Park again. It's kind of one of my favorite places to come and hang out and do an interview, you know, because I love the park. And uh, there's plenty of places to park at the park because it's a park. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm sitting here with Greg Lucid. And, uh, man, we... Uh, we go way back from a standpoint of hanging out back in the newlywed days. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, I, I remember some of those get-togethers. I, I, actually, I was talking to a, a previous um, guest, and we were talking about just kind of living life together and being transparent and vulnerable. And it was like in those newlywed days, it was cool to, you know, know that everybody was going through similar stuff that you weren't crazy. That's you right. Know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, it made me think of uh, think of you. So, uh, man, that was like, what, 17 years ago? <laughs> Long or time. something like that? Absolutely, yeah. Man. Um, so, wow. cool, man. It's good to connect again, it's you know? It's great to see you. Um, Congratulations Greg's, on all that you've got going on. Yeah, Seems thanks. like you're crazy busy. Greg's, uh, Greg's got a lot going on, so I'm like, man, i got to get a, get an interview with him, you know? Um, I brought a broom in here, so if we get to dropping some names that you've helped and stuff, I can sweep them up. You know? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to start out with a little speed round slash icebreaker because okay. it's not very speedy All right. um, so far. But I still like the speed round because I might do some like zoom, zoom, you know, noise leading into it. <laughs> All right, so how long have you lived in Nashville? Uh, since 96. And then I went to school and came back in 2000. So uh, 96 first time, and then I got my second degree and moved back in 2000. So Okay. 18 years. How, uh, how, how, why did you move to Nashville? Music business. It's either that, LA, or New York. And I knew I wanted to have a family and I didn't want to raise them in New York or Los Angeles. Good choice. Everybody's kind of realizing that right now, right? They're, they're I mean, all, they're all moving here. There's a lot. Cost lot. of living and, you know. And the talent. I think everybody realizes how much musical talent all around is here. World's so. best musicians are right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. No doubt. I agree. And you see a lot of them. I just hear some. <laughs> um, so where'd you move from? Cincinnati, Ohio. 
So Skyline Chili, Grater's Ice Cream, and La Rosa's Pizza. Oh, yeah? That's the three you got to hit it. if you That's roll That's the trinity through. right there. What was it again one more time? La Rosa's Pizza, Skyline Chili, and Grater's Ice Cream. All right. That's good to know. So, I will look those up. Is it just local franchises or yes. local restaurants? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so currently, what part of town do you live in, and why did you choose that uh, that location? I live in Mount Juliet. I just built my dream house out there right by the lake on Old Hickory. And I moved out there. I actually office in Franklin, so it's quite a hike. It's 60 miles round trip a day uh, to get to the office and back home. But nothing is like the lake. And since I love the water, I had to be close to the lake. So. Yeah. Well, that drive, I mean, it's just getting easier and easier. Too, yeah, right, you know? right. I mean, <laughs> less and less cars around Nashville. Got So you got a bunch of toys out there? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we need to campaign with uh, the government to try to get better mass transit. So oh, yes. everybody, you know. They're working on the, it. Are they oh, really? yeah, you mean. Well, I mean, isn't the vote coming up in like a month or something like that? I have no idea. Oh, really? So you no. haven't paid a – yeah, so they're doing – It's they got all mass transit plan. They're trying to get voted on. It's going to incorporate train and bus and – Light rail and it needs all yeah. this stuff. We yeah, need, we need helicopters. Well, you know we teleporters. need. You know we need going to Franklin. We need that 440 split. Oh, you're right. In large. <laughs> yes. I mean, really, it's yes. like it's... It, it, if anybody ever talks to me and I'm there, it's like, and it's any time of the day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, the, and the, this is what always gets me. Everybody that's going into 440, you don't even have to merge. Like it just goes straight. People take it at 25. Anyways, yeah, I, like, I, I, I really if, believe. If I, if I don't leave by 4 o'clock from my office, oh, I don't get home till 7 o'clock because of the 440. So if I leave about 4, I can get there right before the rush hour, 5-ish. But it's still And it's just it's and it's mainly that split. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, of course, the other split coming back that way, you know, mm-hmm. those two splits. And, yeah, I'm, I really try to – I'm, like, meeting people around 10, and I'm ending it around 3. Yep. And <laughs> I'm working outside of those, but I want to get – in the house or around the house That's anyways, right. you know, just because I have the freedom to do it. So, uh, Favorite restaurant? Ooh, um, Sperry's. Okay. Best steak in town. All right. Have you been to Sperry's? I don't think I have. There's one in Bell Mead and, and there's one out in Cool Springs. Okay. And they have the best bananas foster. Okay. Dessert. The table side, they like the flames and all. Nice. And they have an amazing filet mignon. Okay. That's just to die for. Oh, man. That sounds good. Yeah. I'm glad I just had some barbecue or else. I'd be <laughs> grumbling right now. Favorite hobby? Uh, boating. Do you ski, slalom? I just, I love pulling my friends around. Really? You know, um, just slinging them off? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, tube, we, we've got tubes and we've got wakeboards and skis, but my favorite, I've got a, a tube called the bullet, and okay. it literally looks like a bullet, and you get inside and you hang on, and it's got a, uh, like a 360 swivel. Right. And you, it's like a blender. You just toss them and toss them. Like it, they're going around? Yes. Oh, yeah. Nice. But, you know, the, the skinnier you are, the, the more wild you you can yes. get because some of the heavy people you don't spend as, as right you know right but it's, it's so fun people that's pretty cool <laughs> that's pretty cool so tell me something a little crazy or, or unique about yourself uh unique about myself i grew up i've got 13 people in my family Wow. Um, now, my, is that siblings or including mom and dad? Including mom and okay. dad. My parents ran a Christian foster home in Ohio. And so uh, we, we've got one adopted brother and then seven foster brothers. And then my two sisters and I are biological. So, okay. Wow. Uh, 13 people. So. Did not know that. What are their age ranges? Uh, the oldest one now, let's see, I'm 41. I used to be the baby, you know. 
uh, it's hard to think. Probably in their mid fifties. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So y'all, y'all were all kind of yeah, similar ages. Yep. Nice. I'm the baby. Are you the baby of them all? Well, we're still very young at 41. That's right. I hit it uh, last year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, most exciting place you visited? Africa. What part? Yeah, um, Zambia. Okay. And uh, Malawi. And uh, man, the the people there are just incredible. You know, we as Americans we look and say, "Oh man, you know, we feel so bad for them because they have nothing." But man, when you go over there. They they have a heart of gratitude and they have everything. You know they're happy, uh, they're very generous with the little that they do have, and so you know if I didn't have kids, I'd probably live in Africa. That's yeah. how much I love it. Not, you know, uh, just the, their generosity and you know, and maybe it was just the parts that I was right. I was at. You know, I'm sure there's parts like any any other place, but I just I love the people. I love the culture, love the music, you know. I'm a big music guy, and there's a lot of of uh, uh, music, you know, or origins come from Africa, okay. a lot of it, you know. Yeah. So That's yeah. cool. The last guest, she said Africa was her. She went, I forget what areas she went for two weeks, and it was her favorite experience. And, and I don't know if you remember, but uh, Natalie was born there. No. She doesn't remember much about it because she left when she was six months old. You're kidding but, uh, me. Yeah. She where? South Africa? Tan- yeah. Tanzania. Okay. So, I don't yeah. know wherever. Do you remember Brian Harris? Yes. So, you know, um, we all were in the same Sunday yep. school class, mm-hmm. and he was born in Tanzania as well. No kidding. Isn't that crazy? What? Um, yeah, so we want to go back eventually. Um, Have you ever been? I haven't. Oh, man. You've, you've got to put that Have on. Have you gone for just vacation? Business. Work? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We... we uh, we sponsor some kids, and you know a lot of my artists are their hearts are for a particular nonprofit, and so we go over yeah. there and, and get some film and kind of hear cool. the stories. And you know, there was there's one story that rocked my world. I was meeting my uh, sponsor child, and and his two parents had died of AIDS, and so uh, I had a chance to meet the the grandfather, and I asked the grandfather what uh, the dream was from his name was Matthias. And he said that he wants to build Matthias a new a new uh, house. Okay. And I was like, wow, okay, so how much does that cost, you know? And through the translator, they said $250. Oh, wow. And so I looked at my wife and I said, are you kidding me? That's what we, we'll take some friends out and spend that on a nice dinner. Right, I and know. And that will crazy? literally change somebody's life. And so that really rocked my world, uh, thinking that $250 could literally change uh, and, and make a legacy for someone. Yeah, so. yeah, I know. That's what's, well, that is what's wild when you, you know, I think that sometimes when, when there's so much chaos about sports and stuff, and going to places like that, going, you know, to some of the mission trips I've gone to, and you look at, like, sacrifice one game that's right. and invest that back into somewhere like that. I mean, that's, you know, a house in the 80s, like 500 bucks. That's you right. Know? Um, so, yeah, it's it's crazy to get that perspective. But then another perspective, as you mentioned, too, is that, you know, we're over there in shock at what uh, their living conditions, yet they have so much less distractions and probably exactly right. you know, some some closeness obviously that we we all have our issues but um and you come back and you almost feel bad but then then you almost go i want to go back over there for that some simple life you know like cuz i mean if you look at them they're happy they seem very happy and filled with joy which is like i think that's something that we can learn here in the states if you know if you're yeah. fortunate enough to see that it's right it's right. wild 
Um, all right, so now we'll jump on to uh, some more, some deeper questions. Oh boy! And uh, so I, I don't even know what year this was written or where I found it, but I figured I'm gonna read it, and it might make you blush a little bit because I know you're a very, very humble guy. Um, so this is what was written about you: Everyone has a talent, a gift, an ability that makes them exceptional. Among these gifts, the most remarkable is the ability to recognize the extraordinary in others. In the um, in the worlds of music and entertainment, there are only a handful of these talent um, detectors, and of this small community, only a select few have been as consistent and successful as the exceptional Greg Lucid. Oh my gosh! <laughs> he looks over at me like, "Where did that come from?" <laughs> um, so that was what was written about you in a in in kind of like a little bio on, on some website. So. Uh, um, with that in mind, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, you know, kind of what you're doing in the sure. in the Nashville scene. Uh, so I'm an artist manager. Uh, um, been in the music business for a long, long time. I've seen a lot of change, but uh, my my mission in my business is to promote the creator creatively. That's with a capital C and then also a lowercase C. Uh, you know, I live vicariously awesome. through. Uh, creatives, and I think sometimes creatives have great ideas, but they don't know how to implement them and get them to the marketplace. So I feel like that's kind of my gift is to kind of, kind of see an opportunity for them and to, um, you know, make their talent known. And so uh, I've had the fortunate opportunities to meet some amazing artists and represent them, and and uh, and then I also have a record company. Uh, that kind of spun off of that and and recently i i uh, started a booking agency as well so the the three-pronged approach management you know uh content creation and, and distribution and then also uh talent representation through booking yeah so you so you got it kind of a little bit a lot going on just a little bit a little bit yeah. a lot yeah and i uh, still have hair left even though i'm wearing a hat today. yeah is it had gray? a bad hair day is it is oh it it's gray? getting gray every day well i told Natalie, having five kids is crazy you know so as i'm um as mine's growing out you know i'm like that's the only problem is you see more of the gray <laughs> and uh, i said should i color it she's like no that's you know? wisdom girls and like it, that man know, it's crazy it i don't understand that but there's you know. there's a couple of uh, guys i know you remember chris marion mm. he played keys um Spiky hair. I don't think um, I do. Well, anyways, there's a couple guys I can think of that I always like. I see their hair, and I'm like, man, you just got great gray hair. Like, <laughs> it just looks cool. You know, mine's kind of a little coarse, you know? No, so, man. Anyways, we'll you see. rock it well, my friend. Well, thanks, man. Thanks. Um, so, cow paintings, you still doing those? <laughs> yes. So, Are you? That's so cool. Okay. My, my wife, she's a, you know, a visual artist, painter, mixed media, and, and you know, when, when we were kind of dating, I was trying to get on her level and understand why she does what she does and it was just a you know a way to kind of connect with her and I didn't even know I was a painter and so, this, so cool. this first one I did I was intrigued by cows and so I created this cow and man I gotta tell you you know I'm not a visual artist but I thought it was pretty daggone good right right and so um 
And then some of my friends were like, man, will you paint me a cow? How much do you charge? I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't feel right charging anybody. I'm, I'm an amateur kind of thing. But, but then, you know, I had just gotten back from Africa, and I saw the need of, like, you know, families that need cows and different things. So I said, okay, you know, if you want to pay me $5 or $5,000, whatever it is for this painting, 100% is going to go to this ministry that, you know, and then the goal is to actually give a cow to a family. Right. So it's kind of a different angle, and, and, you know, we've been able to, you know, purchase a few cows by just me painting ridiculous cows that are colorful and all that. Yeah, so It's fun. Cool. You know, I don't do a lot of it because I'm really okay. busy being a right. daddy and husband and manager and everything else, but but when I do, it's fun. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's neat, you know, just to, to connect with your future wife, you uh, painted a cow. I'm a cowboy. Who would have thought? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so uh, let's go back seven years to your childhood. Yes. Tell me, tell me how your family and environment have uh, helped shape who you are today. Man, that's a great question. I I, uh, I grew up in a really uh, a home that was filled with a lot of love, and um, it was okay to make mistakes. But you know, you get up and, and try again. I, I had some some pretty uh, uh, through the foster care system, you know. Uh, some of my brothers had some pretty horrific stories, you know, uh, and to see them thrive through a family and have my parents treat, you know, the foster boys and adopted kids just like they would treat their biological kids. It was amazing. And, and I think that that's really uh, carried over into into the way that I parent uh, just, you know, trying to give yourself away in every given situation and you know some of some of the kids turned out great and some are still struggling but even even though some of them still come back during holidays or when they want a birthday present and I can kind of see through that I'm like man they're they're scamming you man they just want something from you uh my parents are just about love and action and when you love somebody you don't tell them you love them you actually show them and so that's kind of been my childhood experience and you know I kind of learned what not to do seeing the 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 trouble that my brothers and my sisters got in so um and then i learned from that i mean i was by far not perfect but i i definitely steered away from the things that i knew mom and dad would would you know have problems with yeah yeah that's cool um so if you were sitting in one of your favorite rocking chairs and you uh popped in a vcr tape and it was labeled greg's wonderful life and you hit the play what are a few spots you would press pause on because they made such an impression on uh, who you are now? Man, these are man. Do you make these questions? I up? did, man. I are you Google these questions no. or what? This is amazing. I, 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 to, I told you I had to mix them. Well, no, I so love I, this. So I had some questions. I'm like, all right, if I'm gonna have some consistency in questions, I gotta get a little creative. So, right. and then I then I saw where you had that rocking chair, and I was like, <laughs> I gotta throw the rocking chair in there, right? It's my favorite thing in this world, <laughs> other than the boat. That's my hobby. Is the rock? You see, I do too, man. I'm uh, like, it's a... crazy. I've got five rocking chairs in my house, and my wife and kids make fun of me, but it's all right. It's <laughs> That's all right. awesome. I'm all constantly on the move. Oh, all right. So, awesome. wow. So to hit pause and kind of ponder as far as something that that really was impactful, man. My and and at the time, my high school, you know, I didn't. I took it for granted, but man, those were some of the best days. You know, I, I uh, the the school that I went to. Uh, 
the friendships, the the, the family kind of atmosphere, the the development in my faith, and 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 just the development as me as a, as a man. Uh, it was amazing. So I would say high school was one of those times, and uh, and then also college, same thing. When I went to college. Where'd you I, go? Um, I have two degrees, one from Full Sail, Center for Recording Arts, and and then my four-year degree, which is the one I'm really talking about, is Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. And, um, man, I learned a lot there, and, and but at the time, you take it for granted. And now I'm on the board, uh, and I go back and see the campus, and it was all about community, and, and there's something special about that place because, you know, three times a week you go to chapel with, with all your friends and, and, and teachers, and, I mean, you don't get that when you're out in the world, if you will, you know, because we're so busy, mm-hmm. and, and we've got so many things pressing on us, but, but during college, you know, that's just a part of the requirement. And it, again, I, I felt like I took it for granted. But now looking back, those were some pretty important years in my life to kind of, again, form me into the man that I am. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, my uh, my half sister had, had posted that uh, she had a 4.0. And I was like, I didn't even know they had that. I thought 3.0 <laughs> was the highest and I couldn't even get that. <laughs> I was like, I might have hit a 4.0 in some other areas of college, you know. Um, I guess I could say I had a 4.0 when picking up my wife. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Yes, we outmarried ourselves for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, All right, so if you had one or two bear hugs in you to give the people that made a huge impact in your life and they stepped into the Rambler right now, who would you squeeze the heck out of? Oh, man, there's so many. But uh, um, my, my daddy, you know, he was my best friend, and uh, he just passed uh, last year uh, at the end of March uh, coming up here. Wow. And he had a pretty pretty uh, long battle with cancer for 10 years on and off. And, and man, this guy is a man of great integrity and vision and humility, and he was so generous and he's the kind of man that he wouldn't let you know what he was doing like he didn't do it for show but he did it because he really loved people and he he prayed all the time for god to give him opportunities to to touch somebody's life that day so i would definitely give him a bear hug and and you know i was able i was fortunate enough to be able to say my goodbyes and a lot of a lot of people don't get that opportunity and gift and so i i said what i would needed to say but i sure I'd sure love a hug every mm-hmm. now and again from him, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So uh, we all have scrapes and bruises from the journey called life. What are some um, scars that you can look back on and know it was a tough time in your life, but you are now a better person because of it? Wow. Hmm. Um, so I was married for 14 years, and uh, my wife at the time uh, decided to divorce me. And so, uh, we both come from homes that aren't broken. And, uh, that was a real shock to me. And, you know, although I begged and and pleaded, it just, you know, you can't make somebody love you. And so obviously it takes two to make a marriage uh, succeed or fail. And so I, I take my, my lumps for the areas where I failed, but, uh, man, now that I'm remarried and I feel like 
I have discovered what love really is. And like I said before, I'm a big believer when you love somebody, you love in action. And my wife, she she is the kind of woman who will give herself away and leave it all on the field. I mean, she, <laughs> uh, we've got this thing that she gets turned 40, and instead of having a big party, she wanted to love bomb. And I was like, baby, what, what does that mean? What's love bomb? She said, look, I want, I want my friends, instead of giving me gifts, to just go out and love on people, whatever that means to them. And so, and so that whole week leading up to her you know, birthday, like she took she took our younger kids and and she uh, had them write different sayings on different pieces of paper like God loves you or you are loved or you're not en- you are enough or whatever positive sayings that kind of you think would make somebody's day and she took them around to hardware stores and she took them around to uh, gas stations and literally my kids would pass out these these sayings to grown men and and women and and you would see tears mm-hmm. of the grown wow. men because because, man, they haven't heard that they're loved or, you know, and that's just the kind of love that that I'm experiencing for the first time. And it's really, really cool. You know, it's, um, you know, I always ask God to give me strength for the day and hope for better tomorrow. And man, he answered my prayer. It is so much sweeter now. And I will never take that kind of love for granted because, you know, it's rare. And, you know, in order to love, you got to love in action. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. So that was a very dark time. And that wasn't that long ago. That was only about two and a half years ago. And that was a really, really tough time. And, and uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of confusing things and made, made me think about the kind of legacy I want to leave behind and the embarrassment of being a divorced man. And uh, I'm, I sit on boards and a lot of ministries. And the last thing I want people to think was, you know, I don't know, but it, yeah, I don't even yeah. care. Right. You know, now it's like going through that. I'm on the other side and I'm more healthy than ever before. I yeah. know how to be a better daddy, a more present husband and dad. And so, uh, maybe it took that to wake me up to now you're running around singing hallelujah with your hands in the air, <laughs> rocking in the chair, right? Yeah, I'm writing love songs for my wife. Who knew I, Who knew I could write a love song? I'm looking forward to listening <laughs> to that after this. Um, so when, you, uh, when you've hit a mountain peak and then you kind of slide, fall back down to the bottom and you got to get yourself back up, what, are, what, what, what could you tell yourself to you know, keep pushing through to get back up there? Yeah, I think, I think the only way that you can really get out of um, – those those valleys and you have peaks and valleys like you said is you know to me uh, it's it's good to have other friends and and especially men that you can be vulnerable with and kind of walk through life and you know i had a friend once tell me look man i i can't i can't promise that you're not going to go through things in this life but i can promise you you don't have to go through them alone and so that's been really really um uh, important to know for for me going through those times that I could pick up the phone and call somebody and they would be there because you know when I'm at the top of my mountain I would be there for them and that's just that's just living life and walking through life together and so I would say in order to to really succeed at life and to have one that you know uh, is victorious you've got to walk with people because you know 
that there's probably something that's going to happen soon that I'll I'll need friends and you you don't want to do it alone is basically what I'm trying to say. Right. So. Right. Definitely. I agree. Common common theme I'm hearing in different in all stages of life. Too, yeah, but know? man, it just seems like men we're so hard headed and we don't want to because whatever want, we, dude, we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to, <laughs> you know, we've got the ego of yeah, I can handle this or whatever, yep. and you don't want to seem weak. But man, man, we're all just trying to figure this thing called life out and try to love people the best we can and and get through a day because yeah. you know, we get beat up all the time and what we do at work and and, and you know at home sometimes and it's just like man you know it's just good to have real yeah. solid relationships yeah. that you can go through life. I uh, I helped a guy recently um, there were friends and they sold they're moving to Georgia and uh, so I actually was supposed to do a podcast but it got got rescheduled which worked out great because um, they had to be out of the house by like noon he still had stuff to do so I jumped in the car and went over there and helped him he only had a few things left but he's like yeah, man, I moved every, like he had a probably twenty six footer. He'd moved everything, and I'm like, dude, why <laughs> don't you call somebody? And he's like, well, I posted it on Facebook. And I'm like, that's funny, dude. That's when you you pick up the phone. <laughs> that's hey, right. dude, I need help. That's, that's right. when you have the guys like that because you know you're about to put yourself under a lot of stress and your family. It's like, dude, reach out, man. Don't be stubborn. You know, that's exactly right. Um, that was probably like me trying to move a couch out recently in my house, and I have no idea how we got it in. <laughs> but I, but there, it was during the day, and I didn't really. I, I mean, maybe I could have called somebody, or I could have waited, but I wanted to have it out. And so, literally, I, I had a, a saw. I'm cutting the couch to pieces. What? To yeah, I'm telling you, man. I looked at every angle, and I'm just like, "There's, I don't. We got it in, but." I just don't see how. You yeah. took the legs off, brother. That's what, that's what you did. <laughs> no, I no, I took everything I could off, and it was different angles. And that's so funny. then we set it out front for a little bit, a couple hours. We set both of them. And in it front was gone, yard. wasn't it? So no, we we sat out there like I was having a coffee, you know, because you know we got an HOA. only in Tennessee, right? <laughs> you know, being the being the realtor in the neighborhood, you know, it's like, um, oh yeah, don't call the HOA on me, you know. So with all you got going on. Um, and then also, as we were talking the other day, you told me some stuff that you guys, your family does at, at the dinner table, mm -hmm. you know, to, um, I can't remember exactly everything you said, but I, I was impressed. So I do need to be reminded of it because I need to do that. Um, but it's from my finding, wife, by the way, this was her okay, idea. So. Okay. So finding the balance. Um, yeah, but it's that action. So that's right. If you're doing it too. Um, but finding that balance between that work and the family and even now, you know, having, having, um, you know, a couple, couple kids right yeah two extra kids mm -hmm. how is that how do you find that balance to stay focused on the things that you're passionate about and yet you're passionate about your family too so you know how do you how do you balance that uh i think having having uh you know a best friend wife who can hold you accountable to uh, always be number two uh and not just in a marriage but just you know with the kids you know and we both have great parents who modeled that kind of selflessness and so uh when we get tired or whatever you know it just you just have to do it because you know being being a daddy you, you know how quick time goes i mean one of my clients wrote a song called time goes so fast and 
and it's so so true i mean it's gone before we know it i mean i've got a 11 year old already and i just remember holding him in, in my arms and in a couple of years he's going to be getting his driver's license it's crazy well, it's so but but you know we're just very intentional with every every moment because we don't know you know there's been some tragedy on my wife's side and obviously tragedy with with my divorce and so we don't we don't take anything for granted and this could be the last day so we live it to the max and so one of the things that we do is we try to eat together as a family every night and that that was new in this marriage you know I really wanted it in the last one but just just didn't happen that way but it's very vital because you know I'm at work all day the kids are at school and literally we have three or four hours a, a night together to really be intentional to live and then they're they're in bed and we're doing other things and and so one of the things that we've implemented because uh, I have 50 50 custody with my kids so I get them every other week and then and then my wife Melissa uh, Chloe our daughter who's 17 she lives with us full-time and then her other daughter uh, she's at college and but um, we we write a, a verse on one part of the wall and then on the other we all write a random act of, act of kindness that we're going to do that day and it could be, you know, uh, buying somebody a Starbucks ahead of you, or it could be just saying something nice or calling a friend or Facebook somebody that you hadn't talked to in a while. And then that night we recap and we kind of, you know, talk to the kids about how that made them feel, you know, and what we can do better. And, you know, I've seen my wife take the kids because she's an artist to, you know, a retirement center. And, and, you know, these people only usually get visited, you know, during the special holidays, but we'll try to make a point to do it when nobody's going to come and give them art and they just light up man it's amazing something that small can literally change somebody's mm -hmm. day and yet we're so focused on ourselves right. so it's really really cool man my my wife is amazing <laughs> can, can awesome. you tell that's the theme of this podcast my wife man, is freaking amazing so natalie told me last night she said uh because i was thinking about when i'm on a launch you know the the this podcast you're listening to and uh, she's like oh man it would have been great to launch on Valentine's Day in the heart of Nashville. I'm like, oh, I know. And this would have been a great episode because you're praising your wife so much. Yes. You know? <laughs> it's not too late. I will let her listen to this today. That way, you know, you there have you so many brownie points. <laughs> like any, you got you got like 10 banks of screw-ups, right? <laughs> That's exactly um, right. Which is, you know, when you had said the first thing, it made me think that it's being on the same page, you know. And just intentionally talking. And as I'm saying this, and if, I, if my wife heard me, she'd be looking at me with some squinty eyes, you know, like, yeah, well, why, why don't you do that? The action of love. And um, but it's a good reminder that, you know, you you've you both got to be on the same team. And it's a and, choice, man. Yeah, some some look, days are harder than the others, you know, but it's a yeah. choice. And and the great thing is, is we get we get a, a, every day to mm -hmm. to try to try to do the right thing. And the cool thing is, is your example of, of, you know, the praise you're giving your wife, yet you're doing the same thing because you are one and she's just making you that much better you know that much more loving and of course you know what i recall of you you know back in the days you were very humble you know kind guy anyways so now you just got somebody else to come along with you and partner up it's pretty Thanks, awesome man. i appreciate that so uh that's uh pretty neat to to see so uh you you obviously um like i said you could drop some some artists that you've worked with some names and you're out there making an impact um having that type of platform um, and impacting people's lives, how do you take that seriously and, and make a difference in that? 
Man, it's a dream. You know, I knew I wanted to be in the music business, you know, even in junior high, and I was just tenacious. But there's nothing special about me, you know. It could be anybody. I just think that, you know, um, there, there's this book that I just read, and I forget the author, I just know, but it's called 10,000, 20,000 Days and Counting. And he literally wrote this book on his 20,000th day of living. And he was just reflecting about, that's kind of his midpoint in life. He's like, man, what am I doing with every day? How can I make a difference? What, you know? And there's a chapter, because he's an artist manager as well. And, and in our field, we get, we get no's a lot. And, you know, if you don't have thick skin, if you don't have, you know, a tenacious spirit, you know, they will eat you alive. Mm-hmm. And so the whole premise of that chapter was I eat those for breakfast was, I think, the, the, the chapter. And basically, um, he was saying as artist manager, he was getting a lot of no's, but he, he noticed that out of 30 phone calls, he was able to convert one of those to a yes. And so it kind of changed his mindset from saying, man, I hate getting no's to, man, I eat no's for breakfast, because mm-hmm. that no is one cl- uh, closer no to that yes that I'm trying to get. And so that's kind of something that I try to do every day is just be tenacious, and, and, and I don't take for granted these artists. I mean, I've had the opportunity of managing two out of the three best-selling artists in the history of Christian music for, for, from a female's perspective. And that's crazy, man, because these are artists that I used to be on the front row, and I would have never thought that I would be helping, you know, guide their careers. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I just, I, I take it very seriously, and I try to be very tenacious. So how do you how do you incorporate your kids into the music scene? I say run. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't, because you love what you do. You, you can't. No, I, I do. I mean, the, the music <laughs> business is, is tough. It's it's more tough than ever, ever before, because yeah. I say people aren't buying music. They're renting it through right. Spotify and Pandora. And so you just got to get more creative. And I love being creative, so, so that, that gets me excited. But it is daunting at times looking at the the bell curve not even bell curve right. just the, the the downward spiral and we're trying to you know manage the toboggan ride downhill you know as slow as slow as we can but you know we just got to get creative and do other things that's why i started a booking agency and that's why i started right. a record company to do things a little bit different than what the labels are doing so yeah um, yeah that's but, cool um yeah it's like with real estate you know, it can be ups and downs, which all I've seen is it go up since I've been it. So I can't speak for the downs. That's awesome. So I guess that's why my perspective is whenever Bryce says, I'm not going to college, I'm going to get in real estate. I'm like, I wish, I mean, at this point, I wish I'd have got in it several years ago. You know? Yeah, sure. Um, but on that note, you know, when you talk about creative, I think I'm fairly creative in coming up with this. this yeah, this is amazing. This craziness. Man. But that's the this. thing, because regardless of what you're doing, especially even if it's fun, and in your case, it is fun, but there's, you know, talking to a bunch of musicians, you know, that are trying to make it, there's so much competition. So it's like, what are you going to do to set yourself apart? And you're, of course, on the other side of it. It's like, all right, you know, how can I help you guys make some money and get you out there um, with all this change? And yeah, I mean, every time I go to like buy a song it's wanting me to go to this or that i'm like <laughs> how the heck do i just buy it that's you know? right and there's a um, lot of noise out there that yeah. any band can now put up music that they think is good and so the artists that have real talent are still having to cut through all that yeah. noise from you know 
grandma and grandpa that wants to buy Junior's record. Right, they're right, the only yeah, ones that are going to buy yeah. it, but it's up on on you know the same platforms that all of my clients are on. That I just want a cassette a, tape, you know. <laughs> I mean, just to stick that thing in. Listen, I'm trying to hold on to CDs as long as I can. You know, so, somebody's still making horses and buggies. Yeah, there's one, but uh, I think I'm going to be the last man standing trying to sell CDs. Yeah, yeah. But that's what you know. Thinking about real estate, that's the thing too. With Nashville's market so great. Everybody wants to get in it, and uh, and I've had a handful of people that I've encouraged because they're like, "Dude, you seem like you love it." And I'm like, "I do," um, but so then they get in, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, crap, that's kind of my network." Right. Bit, you know? <laughs> and so you just got to reinvent yourself a little bit, Absolutely. think outside of the box, and and go, "All right, you know, I love doing this, and you know, it is a, is a blessing." So, uh, but I think that's with any industry that's that's doing well, there's more people going to jump in it, you know. So you got to just be creative that's why there's nobody left in the music business they're all they're all smart and getting out gotcha <laughs> well i don't know there's a lot of good music out there yeah there um, i'm just kidding a person sitting in the corner with such great dreams the only problem is they have a pair of handcuffs on with the words fear branded in them what are a few practical ways to break free i don't believe the lies you know i, I you know i'm a firm believer that God didn't give you a spirit of fear, you know, but a power. And, you know, I just, yeah, I, I push through those lies. And, you know, I'm not one that says you can do anything, but I do think that, you know, those people that think they're crazy enough to change the world can actually change the world. It may not be the the world that you think, but, you know, even if you can change one life, man, like us going home from Africa and writing that check that gives Matthias that, that new house that his grandfather, I mean, that, that changed that kid's world, and that was no problem for us. And so, you know, I, how much of that can we do? And so uh, that's just a lie. And and like I said, you got to be tenacious, and you got to have men and women in your corner that will help be your biggest cheerleader. And then when you have them in your corner, do the same for other people and be their biggest cheerleaders. And don't take no for an answer, because you know, just just push through it. Yeah, I. Uh uh, or or you can pick up the book Love Does by Bob. Gold. Yes, my we favorite. Yes, we were, we were talking the other day, and I don't remember what I said, but I think you were telling me about what you were doing at the table or something, and it made me think of, you know, Love Does, and he's like, oh yeah, that's my favorite. I'm like, man, I love that book, you know. And I don't even read awesome. that that much, but I I think I've read that book like seven times. Yeah, it's he's great. my hero. Yeah, I mean, it really is because the stories are so fun, entertaining. It's just just motivating to. And he's crazy you know, go, enough to do yeah. it, man. And it's like, yeah. well, why can't we be like that? Well, we can. It's just whether or not you look at yourself as wanting to be, uh, you know, a man or a woman of adventure or just status yeah. quo. Man, I want to, I want to change the world, bro. And and it's in the simplicity of some of his stories, um, the action, right? Yes, love is action. But then, you know, the vulnerability of what some of the stories. Of course, you know, one of my favorite is when he's reaching over serving and he lets out the loudest. Um, fart that, you know and i'm like envisioning i'm laughing so hard but uh but yeah i love his stuff so 
if you haven't read that book that's Absolutely. definitely one to to motivate you to push through some fears um love does by bob golf uh, this love this it. series is sponsored by bob yeah. golf <laughs> and because of he's gonna give us a free what's that class it's like 35 oh, yeah, bucks no, it's like, he's gonna give both of us a free class yes. because we're we're pimping his books it's, it's next month right <laughs> yeah bob if you're Thank listening you, bob. come on come on <laughs> I might have to put this one out really soon. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. As you've gained knowledge and wisdom through your life experiences, looking back on being a husband, father, influential, you know, business guy, what advice would you apply sooner than later? Uh, it's not about you and to give yourself away. That's what I would say. I like it. Simple, but very impactful. Amen. Yeah, it's not about you and give yourself away. So wake up and die to self daily, right? Yes, sir. And it's hard, man. There are times where, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, my my kids are screaming or doing this or that, and I just want to sit, sit in a lazy boy, but I, I know, you know, I did say lazy boy. <laughs> did I tell you I have five rocking chairs? <laughs> Which one's your favorite? You like the lazy boy type or you like the hard rocking? Man, you know, there's just different there's different time frames for each, you know. Okay. So I, I can't say I like one of the but it just it's gotta be constant movement. Do you have the so you're you're dying over here, right? Yeah, Sitting man. Here, <laughs> like, um so do you have the metal um patio rocking ones? No, I, I've oh. got one from Cracker Barrel. I just got one from my university because I sit on their board and they gifted me one. Okay. And then I've got three, like, lazy boys. Well, I love the um, the metal ones. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, they got their little curly thing, and they just bounce back and forth. Oh, I'll have to check um, that out. They're usually black. You've seen them. Okay. The the table, well, I mean, that's the general color. N- not, not the gliders. You're not talking about the no, gliders. No, no. It's just a rocking chair, and it's not a rocking chair. But it, it moves like it's a rocking chair. And anytime I sit on those, it's like bouncing. So funny story, we had a, we were out of town and somebody had texted Natalie and said, Hey, you know, we saw this patio set and they knew that we were looking for one like that. And and they're like, Do you want it? And I'm like, it was like a hundred bucks. We're like, Yeah, that'd be great because they're usually pricier. So they get it, pick it up, we get back in town, Natalie gets a text. Well, I got it home, and my husband really liked it, so we ended up keeping it. I was like, man, that's just wrong. Like, I was so excited. I was like, I had to die to self, you know, because I'm like, I selfishly want to go steal that patio set. That's amazing. Uh, I haven't ever talked to them ever since. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to create, you know, those baby swings? Yes. Why, Dude, I want to say Why thing. aren't there ones for adults, man? I would be the first in line I'm to buy that joke. I'm telling you, I think we need to invest. I'm telling you, seriously, because, like, I don't have, like, I've thought about getting, you know, but, man, those, those, you know, rocking, and I want one that swivels and rocks. Yeah, man. And I want it to where the legs go up and I can rock. Yes, sir. You know what I'm I mean? Tell, I'm shocked that there's none. I've literally looked. Yeah. And if you, go, you, it, it, if you Google adult rockers, be careful. Yeah. I'm just going to say, or adult swings. <laughs> well, so I thought about rigging up something on the hammock outside to where you had a pulley system. Yes. And then you can just press a button and it just goes back That would be amazing. And forth, back and forth. But I literally, I've had that thought, like, often when the kids, I'm like, 
Man, what if we had an adult version of that where you can just sit in front of the TV and yes. hit it, you know, and have your, you know, pacifier or something? Anyways, so, somebody's going to listen to this podcast and they're going to make a <laughs> no, no. bunch of money. We're, we're going to be like, oh, that was our idea. We're going to do it. We're going right, to do let's it. Let's do it. All right. All right. So uh, from the great words of Timothy 4-7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. When your journey's over, what legacy are you hoping to leave? Uh, that my the kids and my wife and my friends that they continue to live a life of love and, and action and I mean that will be the most rewarding thing because that's what my dad did and I feel like you know he's passed it on to his kids and we're trying to do the same and so just just I just want to be filled with love and, and action in every day sometimes like I said I fail but that's what I want to leave as a legacy it's just go out and do something man yeah. don't sit on your rusty dusty go out and make a difference man whatever that means to you you know what I'm saying if it's if you want to make if you want to have a popsicle company make the best daggone popsicles bro if you want to do music be the best don't say you want to do music and then you're not practicing every day and writing songs every day I got so many of these artists that come to me and it's like man you know I'm waiting until I just if I had a record deal if I had a manager I would have made it and it's like man you know do it by yourself and then if you start getting some traction people will notice you and they'll come after you but people wait because they right. want they want the easy road and that's just not what how life is man some people yeah. get lucky but that's very few right. yeah and i think uh I, I mean even like the mutual friend that we know that's been uber successful in writing he's worked his butt off mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. to get there but then it you know what you said makes me think about some people that um are glued to the tv and just the little things they can do, you know, sponsoring a child, um, writing a child. That's right. Um, somebody was telling me about, actually, it was kind of cool to have, I forget what it's called, but it's almost like a pen pal thing to where they write somebody and then somebody writes them and, and, and you kind of get different cultures. No, it's a postcard, postcard something. Um, and, but then I think about uh, some people I know personally, and I just think, and maybe it's, you know, because I have a passion to make an impact, to make a difference. And we have such a great opportunity, you know, and maybe it's, it's the people I've surrounded myself around, uh, surrounded myself around with. But then when you, you see somebody that's just doing nothing, it's like, and even as you get older, it's like, how do you, how can you just be content, not do anything? That's I right. don't know. I just, I don't get it. And I, and I do think it's like you said, it's just, it's, it could be such little things that can make a huge impact you absolutely know? um so yeah and then those little details hold the big picture together and if they you do, do them enough yeah. you know people notice right they really do right so. just take time and draw a cow you never know what <laughs> but who would have thought a cow would actually <laughs> actually make a real cow like uh, providing a yes. cow for a family it's crazy I, I never thought that would be the case i just was trying to fall deeper in love and get to know at the time my fiance that you yeah know, she was a professional artist and i'm not and hey so tell uh, me uh tell me over the last you know 10 15 years you got a couple of funny stories that uh that you can recall in what way? What I do don't you mean? know. Any any funny? Just make me laugh. You know, something like that. Funny experience. That's like, oh yeah, I remember that. So so I used to be a road manager for a boy band by the name of Plus One. 
I remember that. Remember plus one? Hold on. Yeah, yeah, I did. David Foster produced them. They were the hottest thing for about a hot second. But anyway, um, we were playing the Democratic National Convention, I think, and then a couple other places. And so we had a stylist there in Santa Monica. And at the time, you know, they had, you know, a wardrobe. Just one getup was probably more than my whole wardrobe in my closet but you know Prada this and you know and so I was responsible as a road manager to collect all that stuff after the stylist had, had gone and and get it back to the hotel and uh, I was trying to uh, to get the guys back um, to the hotel and and uh, put all the stuff the clothes in the in the, uh, the van and uh, <laughs> uh, I saw this homeless guy out in front of the van, just kind of parked there, and I didn't think anything of it. But I had to come down and get a couple loads or whatnot. And um, uh, then I leave and get the get the guys back to their hotel. And uh, I drop the guys off, and then I'm trying to get all their clothes and their shoes and everything. And I noticed, like, man there's a wardrobe that's missing. I'm like, no way. Like, I've, I've got it all. So I went back to the record company because they were doing it at the label, the, the styling and pulling of clothes. And uh, I thought I left them there. Nope, it's not there. It's not, it's not in the van. They're not at the hotel. And then I remembered that homeless guy. And he had a cart. And sure enough, man, I drive all around Santa Monica, and I finally find the guy, by God's grace. And literally, he's got boxes of, like, Prada shoes and some vests and stuff in his, in, his, his in his cart. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, man, you left these out. I, you know, I, I, I just was keeping them for you. And so I don't know if that's funny. I almost got fired, but uh, <laughs> but that's my that's my. So you so you left him out, and he was keeping them for you. Yeah, and I, you I got him back. But man, oh, can, did you actually you met... leave him out? No, okay, no, he stole them. <laughs> but he was saying that he was helping me out by uh, right. You know, and so so if I'm if I'm recalling the the group plus one, does a name Nikki Voss sound familiar? Mm -mm. Okay, because were they out of Florida? No, they were all over. They they were a, okay. a, a band that was put together. Yeah, you see, know, there was a Nathan Walters that was from Lakeland, Florida. He, I, I think he came from Lakeland. I can't remember the names, but I remember. I think the band and this person who's um, we went to college with, and she was working with like a studio, recording studio, uh -huh. managing or something like that. And I, I maybe they were with her for and the name. What's the name? Nikki Voss, but I don't know what label it was with. But huh. there was some studio like outside of Bradenton, I think it was. In Sarasota, somewhere around there. Actually, it was like around Sarasota, I think. Huh. I don't know. Anyways, but but I think that's who it was. All right, cool. So if people want to buy your cows, how can they do that? <laughs> I mean, it's the little things, right? Uh, right, right. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, you, can, you can follow me at Lucid Family. Uh, on Instagram and, and Facebook, I guess. Okay, uh, cool. But, uh, and you'll throw up a cow when it's ready. Yeah, I, I'd rather you buy my client's music. Yeah, and okay. actually buy it. Don't Spotify <laughs> or Pandora. It, you know, buy it. So what? Are, what you want to say? A couple of the, the artists that you want them to buy? I guess yeah, all of them. Yeah, Jackie Velasquez, uh, Salvador, Mark Schultz, a new artist I'm breaking named Mari. She's amazing. Um, uh, Blue Tree, who wrote the song God of the City, we're rebranding mm, them. I like that. It's Aaron Boyd. His name is Aaron Boyd. He's Irishman from from Dublin. 
And I'll make a toast to that and say there are good ships and there are wood ships. And there are ships that sail the sea. But the best ships are friendships. And long may they be. Awesome. <laughs> nice toast. <laughs> he taught me that. It's actually Scottish. But anyway, and who else? Uh, Paul Mills is a, 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 a composer that, that uh, scored War Room and a lot of faith-based films. He's, he's an amazing talent. And... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm developing a lot of others, but those those awesome. are the main ones that uh, that I represent. So, and then we'll have to check out your song that you wrote to your wife as well. Yes. <laughs> What's it labeled? It's all because of you. Okay, nice. It's so Good fun. Title. Yeah, I've awesome. never written a song like that before. So. There you go. And I'm not even a songwriter. Well, man, I appreciate your time. Thanks for meeting me over. It's at the good park. to see you, man. And Thanks for th- this. Has been a lot of fun. Well, so. I enjoyed it. Thanks for all the uh, the insight and transparency and, <laughs> and the laughs. Worthless information. Um, I do it every day. <laughs> that, that, thanks for the sunflower hey, seeds. You're welcome. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna find you some uh, jujubes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thanks, Greg. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode one of Heart of Nashville. Hopefully you enjoyed Greg's story as much as I did. A lot of great wisdom and insight into his life. Hopefully if you're going through any any rough patches, there was some wisdom in there that you could pull out and apply and know that there's always hope at the end of the tunnel. Next week I'll be sitting down with Joel Anderson. He actually designed my logo. And uh, we had a great interview, a lot of great insight into his story as well. If you have a minute, if you don't mind leaving a review for Heart of Nashville, I'd greatly appreciate that. And also remember at the end of each episode, I'll feature a song from a local singer-songwriter. Today I'll be sitting down with Eric DiNardo and I'll be featuring his song. Make sure to check out the show notes. There'll be links to how to connect with the guest, with the musician as well. You can also see the interview live from the Rambler. I'll have that on some YouTube links. Thanks again. Look forward to next week. The sponsors of this show are Buckwalter Impact Group of Benchmark Realty. You can reach Andrew at 615-973-7657 for any real estate needs in the Nashville and surrounding areas or if you're looking for a realtor in your local area. If you have any lender needs, give Brandon Hutchison with Legacy Mutual Mortgage a call at 615-866-9468. And lastly, if you have any title or closing needs, give David Weber with Limestone Title and Escrow a call at 615-730-7955. They close anywhere and anytime at no additional cost. Make sure to text LUCID, L-U-C-I-D, to 41411 by April the 30th for a chance to win a gift card to one of Greg's favorite restaurants called Sperry's. They have some great steaks. Um, anyway, this song, yeah, this song's called Turning Me Loose. It's about, it was the introduction of myself into the, uh, you know, the music, pop, rock, world, whatever you want to call it. So...
gotta go somewhere to find a fizzle and fade away. So here comes a single. Gotta make them big bills. Trying to find a wrinkle in this biz. Cause you know it's sink or swim. So can you listen closely as I cast my spell on you? So look out world, look out world, look out world. They're turning me loose. in my hair what good on t-shirt should i wear gotta look here pop or maybe it's pop wrong do i really even care because i got my hat on need to get my freak on tonight because i want to look as cool as you maybe i'll cock it to the right oh can you listen closely as i guess my spell on you Turning me loose, fire overboard, and this is fire under me, and you're gonna catch me when I, I fall to my knees. you've enjoyed listening to nashville untold with andrew buckwalter we encourage you to leave us a rating or review on itunes and be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode to be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts send us an email to podcast at andrewbuckwalter.com until next time 